We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Sunday, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Mark, we don't get to do it as often as we used to do it. Nope. I don't mean that in a funny way, but spring is almost here. Yeah. Uh, but but look, it's always good to be with you, man. And um, Likewise. What I really enjoy is that, you know, we're both a couple of, like, dorks in real life, but we have, like, these superhero personas when we come to work. Uh, oh, you're not a superhero. No. Like, away from here. You're not. No. I'm not either. We're just being. I don't honest. even know what that means. Okay, a super. You don't know what a super. No, I don't know. Is? I don't know what you mean though. Like, wait. you're not a rock star away from here. You know, people are like I heard you. I heard you on radio, Don Darrow. And you're home. Nobody's talking to you about that stuff. Well, my wife certainly isn't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I get no critique yeah. from my wife, and maybe that's probably why we've been married as long as we've been. Okay, look, we've been talking about like, is, are the Patriots really married to Mac Jones? And what does the team have to do moving forward? Mark says, look, if you're going to go to get this next superstar quarterback, you pretty much have to burn the thing down, right? Is right. And I say there are bits and pieces that you have to do to start moving the le- the levers so that way the, the the fan base isn't being given a 4 and 13 team for a couple of years until until one guy figures it out. Well, I think you well, I, I was just going to say I I I'm not saying obviously that you can't find that franchise guy later. I'm just saying it's less likely, and a lot of times you're not looking for him. You know, when the when the um, you know the the Seahawks took a flyer on Russell Wilson in the third round, and right. they that they hit that out of the park. You know, Lamar Jackson. What was he? The 25th overall pick. Yeah, they they had moved into the first round again. You know, even Mahomes was what 10, so 13, something like that. Yeah, I yeah, think he was. 13. I don't even know if he was that high. I'm just saying it happens, but you're not really. You know, that's a really, really low percentage chance of it happening. So, yeah, if you want to sit where you are, I mean, what are the Patriots drafting this year? Is it 14? 14. 16? Okay. So you could draft a quarterback there, and it might be the next big thing. No. Probably not. Okay? They're, they're, Probably there's not going to be a quarterback there, no. So, if you, I mean, if you're talking about the highest possible odds of getting the next dude, you're talking about Lawrence, Burrow, even Mahomes, like I said, top 10. Like, you've got to be in the top 10 most likely. So that's why one of the two options, one, was you blow it up, bottom out, and get into the high, high end of the draft 
where the Patriots under Bill Belichick have never been. And they're not going to probably be, no matter what they have uh, in terms of – that's why I said fire the coach, because you're not going to get there with Bill Belichick. He's too good. So if you think Bill Belichick's ceiling now is to just stay mired in mediocrity, then why are we doing that? Let's go and let's – if he's not willing to go out and get the talent or he can't, he's incapable of identifying it and going out and, and bringing it here, then what are we doing? Like I'm just, so, I, I don't know what you want me to argue with you about. There's so so there, the, we can look at the draft, right? And I did a mock draft at pff.com slash mock where I did make one trade, and that is Belichick trades the number 12 pick, swaps it with Texas with 14 and 12. Yep. Okay. And they also give Houston a fourth round pick in this one because there's three picks in the fourth round to move up to take Paris Johnson, the tackle from Ohio State, as their first round pick. I think that's how important the offensive line is. You need to get a big, dominating, potential Hall of Fame quality tackle out there on that field, and that's a way to tell Mac Jones, we're giving you the best that's out there right now. You can grow together. You guys can play video games. Whatever you need to do, you can start this bonding now, but somebody's got your back. You need to now have your eyes always moving forward and not looking everywhere around you okay so so nice can we, start okay so there so in the second round uh you look at emmanuel forbes the cornerback out of mississippi state uh then in the third round you may look at jordan battle from alabama the safety to address some of the defensive side because we are talking about we are talking about belichick here then we get to the fourth round who was available for me zach harrison from ohio state an edge rusher then kj henry from clemson an edge rusher then Jartavius Martin from Illinois, a cornerback. Then Kenny McIntosh, we're now at pick 184, a halfback out of Georgia. The reason why I look at a halfback is because you do not know what the future of Damian Harris is. Even though you have a couple of other nice pieces, you probably want to get another running back in there that might be the quintessential uh, yin and yang, the yang to, to Ramondre Stevenson's yin, if you will. Then at pick 187, you take a tackle, Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. You get the edge rusher, Dylan Horton, out of TCU with pick 192. Now we're in the sixth round. Cameron Latu, a tight end at, uh, at round six at 210. And then Nick Salvarini, uh, Salveria, a tackle out of Old Dominion in round seven at oh, 258. I love that guy. Yeah, he's going to be big. Um, so, so you know what my grade came out? And I was shocked, Mark. They gave me a B-plus oh, on my draft. B-plus. That's awesome. Um and the Patriots next year will be eight and nine. Well, I, wait, I mean, wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait a minute! Now you said you have to start building pieces around if you don't have that superstar piece under center, and you don't have that. So you need to start getting other pieces that are going to be joining the crowd as you're going to be peeling off some of these guys that didn't work, right? So, look, I don't say look. You didn't hear me say go get a quarterback. So right? let me. I'll, then, I'll put it simply. Do we? We. I'm not going to make you use the uh, dump button, Andrew. But you know. <laughs> Well then, if you think, I mean, if you're if, wait a minute, if you're thinking to tell Andrew to not use the dump button, then maybe you shouldn't say it. I'm not going to say it, okay. but I'm just I, what I'm saying is the type of moves the Patriots need to make, the multiple types of moves the Patriots need to make, need to make us say, "Oh sh- bleep!" Like okay. that's what I need. Like for example, when the Patriots got Darrell Revis, or how about this one? When the 49ers went out and got Christian McCaffrey. Oh, what the bleep just happened? Oh, bleep. Like, that's the type of move, whether you like it or the FCC likes it or not, that needs to happen in order for me to say, oh, 
Now the Patriots are ta- we're talking here. Now but we you, got something that but we you can know work why you, with. You know why you make those moves? Because when Darrell Reeves comes here, you say you have an incredible quarterback on the other side. And if you're Christian McCaffrey, you go to the 49ers because you say they have an incredible defense on the other side. Okay, well then so build it up, do it. Well, then you have that complimentary football that you hear talked about, which I thought was kind of funny when Bill said it. It was like, you know, complimentary means that it has to one has to service the other. And it seemed like the defense was the only ones providing any type of real meals for the fans and for the team. So, again, if you want that big player to come, You've got to be super strong on one side of the ball to say either I'm going to make a difference or they're going to get it done and what I do is going to make a difference. Right now, there are no pieces in place. Maybe the defensive side is where you say, hey, if you stack up the defense some more and make that almost lights out because to me, on paper, just from the eyes, this past season's defense did so much more for the team in terms of keeping it in games, winning games, than the defense that finished like number two in the league in 2021 in Max rookie season, right? The running game was horrible this past season. The running game was like top five the previous year. So the defense is really the reason why the team was just below 500 this year. It is. It was. It was a good defense. It was a good defense, and that's it. It was good. Okay. They, I, I have a ton of respect for offensive line play. Obviously, it's a vital thing, but I think it's more. Like, I think it just doesn't – it can't be awful. You know what I mean? Like, I think you just have to make sure it's not terrible more so than you have to make sure it's absolutely elite. Like, I don't know if just because you have an elite offensive line, that's going to be enough to take you places. If you have a, a oh, porous offensive line, that could ruin things for you. But as long as you have a representative offensive line, I think you're good there. And I don't think – you know, the Patriots have found ways – to have that. They Bill Belichick can draft offensive linemen. They just did it in the first round last year. They drafted an offensive lineman. Well, I think that was too soon, right? For that guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, when you're talking Paris Johnson, you're talking about a transcendental potential sure. offensive lineman. We weren't saying that about about Cole Strange. I know. I understand that. But I'm just saying the, the Cowboys have had elite offensive lines under Tony Romo and, and Dak Prescott, like in a few of those teams. That got them nowhere. You know, they had the the great offensive line in Philly this year. Now, it was a good year. They played well offensively in the Super Bowl, but ultimately that got them nowhere. You know, wait, 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 wait. wait. It, it's further than what's currently available right now, is it not? It is. Okay. It is. Like, if, if there's it's a part a comp, of it, it's a part there, of it. If there's a comp, I would say the Trent Green years in Kansas City where they had no name receivers, they had great running backs, they had uh, Hall of Fame linemen at this point, and, you know, um, Willie Rove and Will Shields. And those guys, where you did, and then it had a, and it had a, Tony Gonzalez. So it was really like tight end, no name receivers, great running backs with Lamar Charles, Jamal Charles, and uh, Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson. So it, it, running Larry game, Johnson, man, that's I forgot about Larry Johnson. <laughs> the law didn't. Uh, you, look, you, <laughs> you've got a you, you've got an offensive line that's going to create holes. You can pound the running game. You can get the play action going. If you've got a tight end, that can be certain. Now, granted, we're not talking Tony Gonzalez level, but you feel like you can get great quality out of Hunter Henry, and this is where I do agree where people are like, well, where is the play action? And the thing is, you know, the play action is all predicated on the run. So if it's third and seven or second and seven, nobody's really biting on the play action. Now, if it's second and two and you just burst for eight yards, then, yeah, it's it's a lot more feasible. So the Patriots had problems getting big chunks of yards on first down and found themselves a lot of times in third and 
five or more, and that's where the mistake area would come in for Mac Jones. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. So speaking of the Mark, text line yeah, real quick, there's yeah. a te- we got a text here. And I just want to say before I read this text, I'm not minimizing offensive line play. That's just a part of it. Where the Patriots are, you need to do more. Here's a text, okay, unbelievable text. Did I just hear one of you guys say Mac and McClung was a bum and a joke dunker? I've watched the NBA for 50-plus years. Why that was the greatest display of Duncan. First of all, nobody said that Mac McClung was a bum and a joke dunker. I thought it was strange that he was in the dunk contest considering he's in the G League. So that's that's all I was saying. So Number why one. We, why, don't, why, don't, why don't we hold that, that rage for after the break once we get into Celtics and All-Star Weekend all right. so that we can fully breathe on it? What are you chewing? No, it's a rapper. I just... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gosh. KJ and Don Darrow join the conversation 617-779-7937. And, of course, the text line 37937. Right now it's time to trend with Andrew Bead. Go ahead, brother. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to KJ and Don Darrow on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. this opportunity I'm very very happy for him and I wish him nothing but the best but I want to state this and this is very very difficult for me to say because I'm a fan of a lot of people within the Boston Celtics organization Um, especially Brad Stevens I really really like Brad Stevens I truly do Um, and I think that he's done a hell of a job as president of basketball operations did a damn good job as the coach but he shows, he's shown me that he's the right man to have succeeded Danny Ainge uh, because the Derek White acquisition, because of the Malcolm Brogdon acquisition and stuff like that. I definitely think that he's proven uh, that he's, he's suited for the job, and I applaud him. I will never, ever deviate from my position of what they did to Ime Udoka. I am not absolving him from anything that he may have done. The fact of the matter is he's been very smart to disappear because there is no defense for what he has appeared to do. That is separate and apart from what my ire is all about. KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday afternoon with us. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Kind of going into a bit of a diatribe just to say congratulations to Joe Missoula. Yeah, I, I, what, what was he uh, talking about? What was he, what, what did the Celtics do to Ime Udoka? Here, here's the what thing. did they do? Here's what a lot of people do not understand. 
you have public citizens and you have private citizens. And private citizens are not under the same scrutiny as a public citizen is. So if Emma Adoka is removed from a job, there is going to be a, a demand from media personnel to understand why is the guy who's the front-facing coach of the team let go versus like a parking attendant, yeah. right? Right. So now they may both work for the organization. They that could happen, but one is not in front of you every single day that the team and this organization is represented. So there is going to be a different burden that comes down versus those who are not in the public eye. So I, 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 I find it hard for people to not understand that when in communication courses and com law, that's the first thing they tell you. Just because a woman goes to the fair and her skirt goes up and someone takes a picture of it doesn't mean you can put it on the front page of the newspaper because she was at the fair. So, you, you know, just tell Joe Mazzula congratulations. And, and I said this before. The best thing that M.A. Adoka could do is just completely disappear from the public eye and handle all the private matters that he needs to handle, and they are extensive, as the team move forward. Like, if Stephen A. Smith knows what happened and thinks it's bogus that the Celtics removed M.A. Adoka from the head coaching spot, then tell us what happened. Well, you can't. That's the thing. You can't because... Does Stephen A. Smith know what happened? Look, you ever hear the saying, those that know don't tell and those that don't know can't tell? Have you ever heard that saying before? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm going with the latter with this. I think he can't tell because he doesn't know. There are some of us who are in the know that aren't going to say anything just because we're not talking about a couple of public figures that can be openly discussed that was going on. So you do you think, and I don't even know why we're discussing this, I guess because of the comments, right. but don't you think at this well, because point... It, because well, it takes away a little bit from Joe Mazzula becoming named well, the head coach. All right, whatever. I think Joe Mazzula has earned it. Joe Mazzula has yeah. impressed me. There are still things about Joe Mazzula that are unproven, but the man has impressed me, and I want to ride with that guy. You know, that's a guy I want to ride with. Now, I wanted yeah. to ride with Ime Udoka, too, but here's the thing. Stephen A. Smith started that diatribe, okay, lauding... Brad Stevens. So why would you let, if you don't know what happened exactly, why then would you not put your faith back in Brad Stevens that he made the right decision? Whatever it was, Ime Udoka was guilty of. Maybe, I don't know, I would trust Brad Stevens and Wick Grosbeck, but more Brad Stevens that he made the right decision, especially when you got on the heels of that, bringing in Joe Mazzulla, who's worked out pretty well. He's coaching the All-Star game tonight, and they yeah. got the best record in the league. So I'm going to trust Brad Stevens, not just as a basketball guy, as a basketball executive, but as a man, and I'm going to trust that he made the right decision, even though I don't know everything that happened. So I don't know why Stephen A. Smith wouldn't do that unless he knows exactly what happened and can conclude and opine officially and accurately that it's bogus. I think there are some things that that apply in daily life that don't apply to the professional broadcast world and sports world, the entertainment world, if you will. Right? I think there are just a couple of different rules, but really this is about Joe Missoula, who at, early on I was concerned would the team listen to him when he would have to say something? You've started to see that happen where they're buying in. You're seeing, I think, a growth of Jason Tatum where he's going to the hole a lot more often than depending on the outside shot to get it done. So Jason Tatum, say beginning of last season, first option is to try and take the outside shot, then try to enforce going to the hole. Now you're seeing, okay, Take it to the hole, mix it up. Sometimes you're starting it from outside and being more of a distributor. That's why I think 
even though Jason Tatum's odds for MVP has dropped off, that's fine because what's been the payoff is the team seems to be better. It's not a Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics situation that some people were, I think, were trying to push as a narrative. Um, we'll see tonight how the things turn out for the All Star game in terms of uh, how many shots Jason Tatum gets. Um, do you think Jalen Brown plays? I, I think he could play. I hope he plays. He should play. Be a nice way to ease back into things in an exhibition All Star type of situation. Yeah, no. Well, you can't say no hall fouls. Ask you know what what happened to uh, Isaiah Thomas one year when Carl Malone came down with the elbow and bust him in the face. So okay. yeah, and, and Dwayne Wade, if you remember the yeah, hard I remember foul the Wade one, Kobe. Yeah. So, you know, I, I Jalen Brown doesn't present himself to anybody like that in the league where there's no animosity towards him out there. I think if we're in the league now where pretty much everybody's kind of friends with each other. And I think it's going to be kind of like a, a LeBron display. Yeah. But, but I think ultimately Jason Tatum has been the greatest mature of, of being a team player versus being the stats guy. Which game was it where... He had 12 points, and, and, and the Celtics just ran them off of the court. I mm-hmm. it was it was a few games ago. And then, of course, what they did earlier the week this week with the hospital squad. Yeah. So know, I'm going to get to that in a sec. But just yeah. to wrap up the Joe Missoula thing, I just think there was a – I'm thinking back to the press conference that we were all waiting for after they uh, broke the news on, on Ime Udoka. Right. And they were going to announce, like, what they were going to do and what the plans were. And I remember one of the questions, understandably so, that Brad Stevens got was – would you ever think about coming back down from on high and coaching? And he said emphatically no. Yeah. And then he was pressed again because it's a legitimate question. Right. And he was like, Joe, it's Joe's job. Joe can do this. Joe can handle this. I forget exactly what his quote was. Right. But I remember the conviction. Joe's, which Joe's he my spoke. guy. Joe's the guy. Joe's yeah. the guy. And he said it twice. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself at the time, like, geez, he's got a lot of faith in this Joe guy. Yeah. And I, it just struck me how, how the look in his eye when Stevens talked about Joe Missoula in that press conference. Right. And it's really worked out where it's like you listen to him, you, you hear him talk. Now, have I agreed with everything? Not exactly. But this guy has worked out big time, and he's earned this job. And I think that's only going to benefit the Celtics going forward with them knowing he's not an interim coach. He's the real coach. He's the head coach. Well, yeah, I think, you know, really, you, you talk about Brad is the story because Joe was here with Brad before M.A. was brought in. So M.A., who could have probably said he wanted to bring in his own staff and what that might have, it could have meant something different for Joe. I think Brad still having his hands on just releasing the team by keeping Joe there. This is why you can say Joe's the guy because he was one of my guys, right? It's not like M.A. brought in this whole new staff of guys, brand new assistants and so forth. So that's a great play on Brad Stevens' Stevens part, saying there's still some tether directly to Brad Stevens and his staff that's there and knows what Joe can do. And then kudos to Brad, too, because he had to probably up the chain bet on his own decision, right? You just We just got rid of a one-year guy. You're, we're now going to put in a guy who who's just, you know, here, um, very talented, but maybe not ready for prime time. And Brad probably at some point has to say, let's see how we get to, let's see what it looks like getting to the All-Star break. And if you get to the All-Star break, you say, oh, by the way, the guy I'm betting on, he's got to go out to the All-Star game too because he's the head coach. You almost have to say, yes, management, we're going to make this guy the head coach. So, Because remember when Jock Vaughn got his deal like four games into the season as the interim, we were like, wait a minute, how does Jock Vaughn get rewarded before Joe Mazzulla? And Joe Mazzulla started to already pull away with this team, with the record, and how they've been performing. 
And so I, I give I give Brad Stevens a lot of credit because some of us joke that he might have been fire moted from from the bench, yeah. you know, up, up to up to the top office. You know, like how do how do you how do you go from controversy and like not knowing what you're going to do with this team to being in charge of overseeing like the outcome of the team and it's worked out fine. Real quick, have you? Uh, I, I need your assessment on Mike Muscala's raps. You yeah. heard his rapping? <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. But I did, uh, on the trade trade deadline day, I said, I've always been a person who said that, look, I think the Celtics needed to get another big who could either rebound or score. If they could do both, that's great. But someone to give Robert Williams some breathing minutes and Al Horford as well, so that way you're not losing the defense or an offensive capability coming in. And I think the three people I'd mentioned were either uh, Deadman on a buyout, Muscala, and I forgot who the other one was. But when I mentioned Muscala, I happened to watch a couple of OKC games. I'll watch these like weird games like out west because they're still on. But I said, hey, when this guy comes in, the offense doesn't suffer, and Oklahoma City is a high-scoring team. So were the Celtics. So it's like, okay, this is a guy that could step on the court for the Celtics, and along with Brogdon off of the bench, you may now have something where you could see 30 points from these two guys from the bench and that's unheard of of the Celtics last year. So I think Muscala is a great pickup. Now you have a big man who can shoot and who can rebound. Plus you've got Al and you've got Time Lord. And you now you can kind of play with Time Lord's minutes as you get into the playoffs, which you start getting ready for the playoffs, that he's not super worn out. And, you know, well, he's recovered well and played well. But I was just super impressed with how this the hospital Celtics did against the Bucks, even though it was a loss. And Derek White now showing to be like, wow, this team is really loaded. Oh, yeah, and I like the way Mescala, like he has an edge to him that I like. And I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be the biggest contributor come playoff time, but down the stretch and being 6'11". Oh, he? he could be, he maybe be? he will be. I mean, 6'11", can knock down a three, has a little bit of an edge. I like it. Like, let's see how it goes. Um, let me just say this, though, about the other night, because that this was a big takeaway that I had that I wanted to get to. When they played in Milwaukee, you said the mm-hmm. hospital lineup there. Something became clear to me, and I guess I already knew it, and I guess I was trending this way, but it became crystal clear with the way they battled, especially with the Bucks basically at full strength. They were, yeah. Okay. This season, 2023, if you want a championship, whether you like it or not, this year is going to come down to Jason Tatum. And I know that could be a good thing, a bad thing. We don't know fully yet, but it's going to come down to, to Tatum, no matter how well the bench plays, no matter how well the role players play, if Jason Tatum up and disappears, they will not win the championship. They will find a way to stumble. There are too many good players. There are too many good teams. You need, because as good and as well as the bench played the other night, and I know they were missing Brown and Smart and Horford and all those guys, you need your superstars. For a series to go your way, you need your superstar to play like it in the big moments. Because you're not always going to have a good night shooting. You're not always going to be hot. The bench isn't always going to produce. Even when the superstar himself is cold. At the end of the games, and the big games, big moments, that superstar has to show up. And I think despite that the team is better, despite the fact the team being better and deeper this year, it's still going to come down to when the moment arrives, is Tatum the guy that can answer the call? Now, I think he will be. I don't know if it will be this year. When will it happen? Not if. When will it happen is the question. But if they're going to win the championship, Jason Tatum has to have Heisman moments. Like, 
where it's that is like we always but, talk about with the Buck series last you, year in Game you, Six. Okay, but you say we've seen that, right? Yeah, That's going have. to be the case. It's like superstars are going to be superstars. Like even if you look at that Buck series last season, like a lot of the games from like from a betting perspective didn't get out of the two tens. So you're talking about lower scoring games, but still Tatum, I think, in one of the games had 46. Giannis went for 42 in one of them. So your stars are still going to be stars. But the stars are not going to be able to play 48 minutes and be able to provide you everything. I say the glaring, the most glaring problem with the Celtics last year was when the bench came in. You had very limited, you had virtually no scoring. Grant Williams, you were leaning on to try and provide more points, and we just call it what it is. That's not his game. He's more of a disruptor. He could defend multiple positions. He might be able to get you a basket or two. He could get you an offensive rebound, but he's not your weapon coming off of the bench. Who was the who was the offensive weapon last year coming off the bench? It was Derek White, and he had just gotten here. Yeah, so now have, you, you know they had Peyton Pritchard for a game. You know. Right, and, and Peyton Pritchard, while he's getting more runs now, they, that wasn't it, there was too much last year. So let me ask you a very straight up simple question. Yeah, if Jason Tatum plays with the same arc that he played with in the playoffs last year. Forget about the opponents. He plays the same way he played last year, series to series. Yeah. Can this year's Celtics team win the championship? Absolutely. See, I say absolutely not. They will, because if, if he does the same thing he did last year, they will find another way to stumble. And look, they will we're lose. sitting here. We're sitting here acting like Malcolm Brogdon is not the sixth man of the year. The guy's giving you what 17, 18 a game off the bench. There were games you weren't getting 18 from the entire bench last year. So if you have people who clearly know their roles, Derek White can float back and forth. Mark and Smart can float uh, float back and back and forth. So now you have guys who know their roles and can get their get the job done. It's almost like even if Malcolm Brogdon only gives you 12 points off the bench, that's still probably eight to six, six to eight more points than you were consistently getting from the bench last year in the playoffs, right? Remember part of it was Derek White had kind of disappeared and kind of slumped, you remember, in the finals? And people were wondering because yeah. you're like you're running out of you're running out of offensive options. That's not the case now. So if you have someone like in there, like Muscala in there, or Brogdon, or Smart, so if you just say that is the genesis of your bench, and Tatum and Brown or one of those two are getting rest, and the other one's still in there, that's now a bench roll team that's much better than most teams have as a starting team. So that's why I say absolutely. If Jason Tatum arcs the same way he did as he did in the playoffs last year, especially when we're talking about the finals, you know, look, Tatum could give you 20 points and they were still losing, but it's like, hey, he can give you 20 points, but if Brogdon gives you 16 more. Nope. Nope. I, I do not 16 think. More, I do not like you think. You go back to Celtics, didn't lose any of those games nope. by like 15, it's 16 su- points. It's a superstar league. The, that math does not work. It's a superstar it league. It does work. Nope, if you're doesn't on the work. bench and you're providing points, that doesn't, nope, it doesn't, not gonna does happen. matter. Nope, if it's not going to work. you tell me that if Tatum averages 20 in the, in the playoffs below his 27 average, let's say, let's seven points come down, but you still have Brogdon averaging 15 a game and he's coming off the bench, that that's not going to count? Nope. I, your superstar needs to be a star in those moments, in those games, and Tatum was not a star in the finals and really down the stretch of the Heat series. Now again, I think he'll be he'll get there. He'll it'll happen. It's when, not if. Wait, but, can I can you, can I go back to the Heat series? Weren't they running two and three guys at him at the end of game seven? 
just because they were like, you know what? We'd rather have someone else take the shot because that's the other thing. With him being the superstar, Jalen Brown will probably see the double teams at points as well. But you know what the defense is going to bring. They are going to run two people at Tatum, and somebody else is going to have to hit shots. So if you're so if Tatum gets taken out of the equation, I'm sorry, you're not always going to get past two guys. So if Tatum is out of the equation, and I know that Brogdon can hit a shot, I know that Brown can hit a shot, I know that Horford can hit a shot, that's different than last year. I disagree. I think if Tatum doesn't play better, I don't care that the team is better. They will still find a way to lose. The play of the superstar is the most important thing. The most important thing. There's other things that are important. The bench play, you know, turnovers, all those things that you, you talk about in the statistical categories. But the, the most important thing is how the superstar performs, not just in a, in a game in totality, but in the biggest moments when the game is on the line, okay. how does it perform? How does you, he perform? Because look, you t- probably no look. You've probably seen this on film. Jordan scores sixty three at the Boston Garden. Did he win or lose that game? He lost that game. There you go. So if you're going to tell me, oh my, Jason Tatum dropped sixty three, but they lost. Isn't it the bigger story that they lost? Who cares? See if, if that. That's my point. It's, if you're saying that Tatum needs to score more. I don't need him to score more. I just need him to have more points for his team. The team have more points than the other team at the end of the game. If it means that he only had 12 points and 10 rebounds and they win game one of the NBA finals and other people can step up and score, then that's great because you still have to defend that great player and other people are stepping up. There's no championship where just one person put it on their entire back and nobody else was really there. I, I see what you're saying, but I still think that at the end of the day, it always funnels back to the superstar, and can the superstar get it done for us at the end of the close game when you need somebody to carry you, when you absolutely have to have the big bucket, can that guy get it done? The, I mean, as good as Brogdon is and Derek White and all these other guys they've acquired, if the game's on the line, I mean, do you think they're going to play a close game or two or five in the playoffs with the game tied late in the fourth quarter? But Most every le- game is not going to come down to not a single every game, possession. But yeah. they're going to play good teams, okay? And if Jason Tatum plays the way he played against the Warriors, the same way that play, he plays against the Suns in the finals, that's going to be a problem for me. I don't think they can win if Tatum has that same performance, especially in the finals. He has to see it through this year. That doesn't change. Now, they'll have an advantage, an edge with the team that they've assembled this year, but it still comes down to Tatum. I don't think Tatum could be a passenger on the way to a championship in any series. I think passenger is just – no one's saying you're a passenger. I'm just saying that when you get to the elements of the game, so you get to the last three minutes of a game, right? You, you presume in a playoff game it's still close. Yeah. Defenses are going to make their adjustments and say, hey, do everything you do to get the ball out of Tatum's hands. Okay. If you can do that, and you remember Jalen Brown was having some issues with turnovers going into the lane, so there was kind of this game plan that says, okay, they know they're going to want to go to Jalen Brown next, and after that, everything else is kind of up in the air. But now, if you have a a Derek White who's been in the system a little bit longer. You have a Malcolm Brogdon out there who can hit shots. You might have a Mike Muscala who might be left open in the corner who can hit from the outside. Or a putback from Robert Williams. You now have different pieces there versus just saying Tatum's got to do it all. He can't start out of the gate slow, and that's where I would totally agree with you, right? Tatum can't be, you know, 
five points at the half and you know you know shooting 25% from the field because now you would feel like there would be an overcompensation that would have to happen just to potentially either get back into the game or be a factor in the game. So in that in, in that arm, arm argument, I can see what you're saying. But in terms of all things considered, if he's got 30 points and the game's within five points, if he's got to kick it out to Brogdon to hit the game-winning shot, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, but you know what, though, KJ, that you're not accounting for? Malcolm Brogdon averaging whatever he's averaging, 14 a game, that is not the same as asking Malcolm Brogdon to hit the game-winning shot in Game 6 of the Conference Finals. That's a different spot. And who, that is why your who, best who, player takes minute, those who, shots. In, in Game 7 against the Heat, who was taking that shot towards the end of the game? It was it was Marcus Smart. So we haven't even discussed yeah, Marcus Smart. Did he make Smart. it? Mm. Yeah. But we're not discussing that Marcus Smart would be one of these options. But, but you're, acting, you're acting, though, like these, these role guys are going to be the same when it's the end of the game in game six of the conference finals with the season on the line. Okay, role guy Peyton Pritchard is not the same as role guy Malcolm Brogdon. Who was in there last year? Role guy Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. He's not going to be the guy I, in there. To- or even Blake Gr- or even Blake Griffin, right? Like the, the design oh. of the Celtics is not for Tatum to be a pass first guy. They I didn't want say pass Tatum first, to score. I said pass yep. when making adjustments. It's KJ and Dondero, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We'll continue the conversation about the Celtics plus Tiger and the Genesis Open. Red Sox still to come. Thanks so much for spending your Sunday with us. You're listening to KJ and Don Darrow on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. What was that news like to finally, you know, get that push and you didn't have to wait till the end of the season? Yeah, uh, just a blessing. I'm grateful for the Celtics to give me uh, just kind of that support and give our staff that support um, that regardless of, you know, what happens throughout, they believe in us. Um, and so grateful to them, grateful to the players, uh, you know, just for the relationships they allow us to build with them and, and they allow us uh, to coach them and for their belief and trust in us. So I think it starts with the organization and the players. KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Thank you for starting your Sunday. Well, not starting your Sunday afternoon with us. I think, Mark, that comes from because we used to do the show. Correct. It used to be at 9 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, thanks for having your coffee with us. Now, my wife will drink coffee all day. But the idea is like you're starting your day, so now you're kind of winding your day down. And we just appreciate you being here. Um, that's Joe Missoula, man, showing his appreciation for the Celtics, really believing in him. And I think it was a lot easier to make him to take the interim tag off of him because of Jacques Vaughn having the interim t- tag taken off of him earlier, right? Yeah. If you remember, there was talk about the Nets potentially wanting to talk to M.A. and bring him in. We don't know what happened or transpired or what Something, well, whatever it was, it didn't work out. And then they made uh, Jock Vaughn the head coach. And what he's gone through, and what he, he's probably better to be their head coach now than when he was named the permanent head coach. And Joe Missoula is now in a better position to be the head coach than he was at the beginning of the season. So you, do you think Joe Missoula has the, the grit to be able to take this team through like an absolutely brutal? Uh, playoff run, coaching against maybe like your Eric Spolstra's, uh, uh, Budenholzer in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. think it's going to be easy. I, I don't necessarily want to see Coach Spo in the first round there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's plenty we don't know, but yeah, I think I mean I believe in this guy. Um, 
You know, I don't have a choice, but I do believe in him. I think that he's been a good fit for this team. Uh, obviously, I think here's the thing. The biggest thing is that the players buy into what he's selling. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing, and that's what they do. Um, now, will, it, will games come down to some of the calls he makes in a timeout, coming out of a timeout, not calling a timeout, calling a timeout, challenging at the right time? Ime Udoka was awful challenging fouls. No. Uh, this guy's got to be better come playoff thing, time than but, Ime Udoka. But you only get awful. a couple of those a game, right? You only yeah. get a couple of those. So I don't know if he's going to be um, a huge asset for the Celtics, but based on what I've seen, I would give him the benefit of the doubt, and I would certainly give him a chance to prove um, that he's either not going to be the guy for them or that he is in the playoffs. He's earned that. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the gamesmanship, let's just say the playoffs started today, it would be the Celtics and the Hawks in the first round. That would, would be say. nice, yes. That would be nice. Uh, then if things you know went ahead as, as numbers would proceed, and it would be Boston and Cleveland in the second round, and then Boston-Milwaukee. So yep. you would say for a brand new coach, that's a road you would be say you would say I, I would take my chances on that and not feel like my coach would get out coached even though he's brand new. You would be concerned if Miami drops to eight, and like you said, it's a first round situation, or if Philadelphia drops to four with Cleveland and facing Doc Rivers, despite what you might think about and joke about with Doc Rivers. Um, you you may be looking at some gamesmanship pieces there that you're like you you'd hate to see something clever pulled over. If you remember uh, the the Milwaukee loss in early January, the Celtics had where it seemed like um, Eric Spolstra just pulled something out of a hat and was able to pull off that victory. You're like, oh, man, you just saw a coaching clinic just happen. So that, that's the thing you kind of hope for. But again, you say the most important piece, I think, is that the team has bought in. The defensive effort is, is has been improved, is tr- improved tremendously, I think. Um, I think early on they were just very impressed with trying to get 120 a game every game and realize, like, hey, what 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 if the shots don't drop and you're not defending? So even the defense is, has improved as well. Still not what it was last year where they were holding a points, opponents to, like, 104 a game. But the, the defense is starting to show up, and the role, again, I say it, the bench has been tremendous. Ask any other team in the league, what bench would you want to have right now as your bench, I think, Nine out of ten of them will say, I would want that Celtics bench oh, to be ballers. my bench. They're ballers. They can score. They're plus defenders. They play as a, a cohesive unit. It's an awesome situation right now. Um, you know, I, I'd ra- I'm not saying the Celtics couldn't beat the Miami Heat in a series. Right. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be devastated if they found a way to avoid playing the Heat in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. it has been proven. Um, a lot of things. The Heat have proved a lot of things. They're not afraid of you. Um, they have a tendency or propensity to get inside your head a little bit right. and rattle your cage a little bit. You know, they know how to turn the ball over. They know how to make those negative plays happen for the Celtics, as we saw last year in that series where Jalen, you know, there were so many fumbles going through the lane. It was maddening. Right. They obviously have a really nice trio there, not an elite trio, but a nice trio with Butler and Hero, and Bam Adebayo, and now you add Kevin Love. I don't know what I, you know. I don't know if that's a game changer or not, but that's a thing. That's a bench move. And right. you got um, Spolstra, who's a good coach. So I, I wouldn't hate seeing you avoid them. I'm not saying I'm not playing that game. I'm not saying you can't beat them. Right. But if you had to, if you could avoid them, not the worst thing in the world. So well, you even know, where even where Miami sits right now, even let's just say they do what they do and continue to win out games. You're really looking at about a five seed, right? Because five, six, seven, eight are all kind of bunched together. And then when you start talking one through four, 
there's a there's like a four game separation. So to to really clear four games in the NBA uh, is a hard thing to do, especially if you've got six teams ahead of you. So in that Miami, so if Miami is, stays at seven, goes to six or five, those are all numbers that the Celtics wouldn't touch in things unless you know Miami makes it to five and beats Cleveland in their opening series. So so again, I think the Celtics can handle all of these teams, but. You're absolutely right. You know, Miami is not scared of you, and they took the Celtics to seven games last season. All right, Tiger Woods at the Genesis Invitational. It's a story that's happening right now. We'll get into that, plus the tampon gate going on with him. That's next. (laughs) The third hour of KJ and Dondero here on WEEI. Thank you so much for being here. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.